0: Good morning good afternoon everybody welcome to the rebel news daily live stream where i am uh, woefully ill prepared for today's show um because despite being up since the wee hours of the morning trying to keep up with the davos team that has uh consumed my entire life um so (laughs) adam hopefully you'll take the lead on the show today um because you have a little bit more awareness of the topics as they come at us but i'll tell everybody what we're doing and (sighs) hopefully they can Bear with me today um, because I was writing right up until the moment I heard the music saying, Oh, time to go live. Um, This is the Rebel News daily live stream uh, where we discuss the day's news and the topics that I think people are interested in in an unscripted way if you can't tell already. (laughs) And um, my friend Adam Sose joins me um, normally on Mondays um, where we have sort of an Alberta centric show, but uh, he's with me here on Tuesday, wherein normally I'm here with my friend David Menzies. We currently stream the show on YouTube, but depending on the topics that we get to today, and I am completely flying blind with regard to the topics, so again, I'll take Adam's lead here. I got you. We may have we may have to cut the YouTube feed because there are certain things we can't talk about over there. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not like it's not like they'll demonetize us. They did that a long time ago, but they might just nuke our YouTube channel altogether. And there's like 1.6 million sets of YouTube eyeballs, and you know we like every one of you, even those of you who hate watch us. <laughs> but <laughs> to get around that uh, blatant censorship of big Tech, we also stream on Rumble, Odyssey, SuperU, and Getter. Now, we like Getter. We like you guys. But people can't really interact with us over there. So if you want to interact with us, because the show is definitely interactive, uh, consider watching us on Rumble, Odyssey, or Super Rumble, you can leave a Rumble rant. That's the paid chat. We'll read it on air. Uh, Odyssey has... hyperchats That's their paid chat. Again, send us one. We'll read it on air. And Super U, their paid chat is called a shout. It's a great way to democratize the show. You can have your say, unlike with the mainstream media, but also it helps you support the work that we do completely willingly. Again, unlike the mainstream media, you get to support them and also never watch them at all. And I think that's it, Adam.
1: Yeah, I think you got it all. Um, Yeah, definitely engage in those chat platforms. One of the big topics for today is going to be the World Economic Forum. What's going on in Davos? Let us know your thoughts on that. We'd love to have conversations on that. I think we should be able to stay on YouTube for most of this. There might be a little bit of talk about that topic that we don't get into too much, but uh, it's stuff that's being stated by the World Economic Forum that has been on YouTube at length. So I think we should be okay on most of it. But I do want to start before we get into this some incredible journalism stories that wouldn't be uh, being told, period, if we didn't have our incredible team on the ground but before we get into that i want to play for you just to set the tone here um this this uh, clip and i'll give a bit of a teaser and then talk about it but this was the actual clip and i think efron tweeted it out over the weekend that kicked off sort of klaus schwab coming up and giving his speech um so this was the kickoff all of this stuff you can find at wefreports.com. um but i think this was supposed to be inspiring and was supposed to be empowering and it's just really creepy. So if we have that ready, right, we can just jump to that. But uh, yeah, uh, it is that tweet of the kickoff before Klaus Schwab's opening comments. And it's I don't know if you've saw seen this already. The clip. It's is this uh, the it's... one where
0: he talks about uh, sucking up energy from young people? And I'm like, yeah. well, don't oh, no, don't this tell is... me that.
1: <laughs> this is the teaser before he comes out. That's supposed but to this inspire. This is a so sinister, w-
0: scary one.
1: Yeah, we've got <laughs> yeah. it ready. Let's roll it. It's nightmarish. Efrem described it as nightmarish, and that's dead on. So let's roll that. <laughs> I'm
2: scared already.
1: I am. don't worry about it. Nothing. <laughs> Do you notice our cops also have rams on their badges? It's nothing. Don't yeah. Don't worry about
0: it. It's probably nothing.
1: Or goats or whatever. I know it's not a ram, but you know what I mean?
0: That's a you need.
1: Yeah. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. Like... There, it, this is the part like the the color tone, and Kian's probably having a nightmare watching this. Like the start <laughs> is meant, the start is meant to be dramatic, and it's edited, and it's meant to be nightmarish. But when they transition over to this, it's st- the editing is just as creepy.
0: This is like a Scientology video.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Like the color you didn't change positive. It's still all dark and.
0: The robot hand grabbing the human being was frightening.
3: Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: Like, they've even made this stuff that should just be completely normal creepy somehow. Yeah. Yeah, that it it that sets the tone for the whole thing. Uh, like when it normally the music would change and there'd be like, like you'd change the saturation levels a bit to when you get to the positive spot and it wouldn't seem like maybe it's problematic footage or not. But that's how misguided these people are. Their bright, shining future they're working towards is this drab, monotone, robot run, RAM driven, like yeah. weird I, And weird at the culture. beginning,
0: I'm like, when you see all the bad things happening, I'm like, is this doing. <laughs> what is this the stuff they're gonna do to us that yeah. they're currently doing to us? Mm-hmm. Or that they need to rescue us from? Because I think yeah. it's the first two and not the other yeah. one. So um I don't know. They're their storytelling, their storyboard was off. <laughs> yeah.
1: They need some editorial yeah. from Sheila, I think. Uh the tone isn't yeah. right here. Let's uh, let's do some so, rework. So
0: yeah, I hate tone policing, but that is literally my job at the company. Um, yeah, e- e- Efron, I don't, I didn't, I didn't. Honestly, honest to God, guys, I'm sorry. Um, it's just I've been having meetings in the middle of the night with the Davos team, so I'm a little, I'm not firing at all cylinders <laughs> today. But do we have um, that clip of Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, who is like, if somebody said Sheila, draw me a picture of a sinister, evil oligarch. I would come up with him and then if they said, tell me what his voice would sound like, that's how I would like pick a voice yeah. and say like, okay, this is the evil man's voice. Um, yeah. it, like he's getting the evil sinister guy aesthetic like right on the money. But yeah, like, I always it, call It's so people, on the
1: nose. It's so it's on the nose, on the you almost don't right? believe it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like he was created in a bad guy lab. Um, yeah. But there's this video, I think it was yesterday, his first speech of the World Economic Forum or whatever day it is in Davos. I don't know what day it is here anymore, let alone what it is in Davos. Um, But I always call these people like psychic vampires, energy vampires they are sucking the goodness out of humanity. He literally alludes to that in his speech. Maybe, Efron, you can find this where he's like, I basically saying i'm paraphrasing here drink up the energy of the young people and i'm like no oh, this yeah is we not have my, that my conspiracy mind yeah. but i've been up all night for several yeah. days because the davos team is eight hours ahead and i'm getting up at two in the morning to have meetings with them um, and then i hear this guy saying he's drinking up the energy of young people and i'm like oh no no no, no oh no, yeah no, no. we
1: we have that clip he says like it's it's about the young influencers the young wef influencers of which there's like <laughs> i know there's a council of them in calgary um, there's one in Edmonton like they, this is an, this is everywhere. It isn't this isn't a conspiracy. They have like websites and they're WEF appointed yeah. sort of influencers. And, and he, he's and drinking he says up their this,
0: energy like they're yeah, free. And he says, I'm not yeah. depressed
1: often. But when I am, um, that's in our slack somewhere. So if we have that ready to go, we can jump to it. But I think Literally. that was right after this creepy intro. Yeah. If there's one
4: session very precious for me, it is this one uh, because uh, I founded the Global Shapers community just over 10 years ago. And now we have 500 hubs around the world in 500 different cities with over, with over 15,000 active Global Shapers. If I'm depressed, which I rarely are, but then I would go to one of the shapers happen recharge my my energy. I think uh, it's just amazing what uh, those young people are doing. Yeah,
3: I, sure.
0: I just, you know, like, don't tell me that you're sucking the life out of young people, that you're yeah. surrounding your your founding communities of young people so that you can drink up their energy. It's not good for my brain because I'm yeah. automatically like, oh, okay, Yep.
1: (laughs) Well, it's it's like, it's almost like they're messing with people, like literally having a goat or a ram or whatever. They have that imagery everywhere. Like it's either real or they're absolutely messing with people directly. But uh, speaking of uh, some young people are doing incredible things, but aren't uh, necessarily in the good books of Klaus Schwab and his friends. Um, We, as we mentioned, have an incredible team on the ground there. All this stuff can be found at WEF reports. I want to get into some of the other incredible stuff. Some of the uh, documentary work that's being done by some of our team here as well, but first, I do want to get into the Savannah Hernandez uh clip, and I think we're actually going to roll a big chunk of this clip. But she's yeah. part of our sort of team working. uh We've got a team on the ground. Some of them are Rebel staff. Some of them are from other outlets, but they're sort of working yeah. together they're as a team. Freelancing with us, yeah. Freelancing, yeah. And uh, Savannah Hernandez has done some absolutely incredible work. Lots of it, unfortunately, being poached by uh, other places, not giving her credit. But she was on the ground, um obviously, uh, over the weekend. Jack Posobiec was detained, uh, and and held and she was there to sort of capture uh, all of that action in absolutely incredible way um in a way that wouldn't have been done if it wasn't for your support at wefreports.com if it wasn't for our team being on the ground um the rest of our team doing incredible stuff there too and i want to get to all of that as well but Sheila, any comment on this before we roll that clip
0: you know this was something that we were worried about before sending our team there we know that these elites will stop at nothing uh to stop Skeptical journalists from invading their safe spaces. And we can see yeah. that the mainstream media is already running cover for them, right? They have the armed guards protecting them, but they also have the mainstream media protecting them. Now that there are skeptical journalists on the ground in Davos, the like CNBC is saying, Oh, these it's a hotbed now for conspiracy theorists and far-right madness. So we anticipated that our team of journalists, there are six of them there. Uh, A couple of them are freelancing for us. One is in support of Avi, that's Rakshan. Um, But we sort of had to think about this ahead of time. What happens if the Swiss police or the World Economic Forum police, who who knew such a thing existed, uh, what happens if they nab our people on the ground? So we did engage a Swiss lawyer, but uh, they didn't get our people. They grabbed Jack Posobiec, at least for a short time. He's sitting at a table working with the videographer, not doing anything, not being disruptive, just literally. Yeah. In the act of probably taking in some food before he went to do journalism. And mm-hmm. he was immediately hassled by the Swiss police. Uh, Savannah Hernandez, who's there with our team. Was there totally Johnny on the spot. Uh, She got the full story and then she interviewed people after so that it was more than just, okay, well, here's the video. She also went and said, okay, well, what did the cops tell you? You know, like Mm -hmm. for those of us who didn't hear everything, she did all the legwork. What is a bit of a disgrace was how quickly her work was stolen and unattributed to her. And that is the kind of stuff that I expect from left-wing outlets and not from our fellow travelers in the conservative movement, but I think they've gone out of their way to make it right. Uh, moral of the story, don't don't see all other people's content when they're working hard to produce it. Um, but uh, thank goodness our team was there uh, to catch it. And maybe let's uh, roll a little bit of it.
1: We were actually just sitting, charging all of our equipment. And uh, we were surrounded by about eight police officers um, fully loaded, guns in hand, and they took, a, a, took apart all of our equipment, um, searched us, everything out of our bag, built us up, all just because we're pointing at the exit sign right next to the Congress building.
2: Hey guys, this is Savannah Hernandez at opening day of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Now, I've been walking around today and there are so many white badges walking around. And these white badges are the leaders of corporations, they are global speakers, take your pick. Big names. Avi Yemeni has been doing a great job of confronting the majority of these people. I found a back entrance. Well, technically, it's the main entrance of the actual conference, and Jack Posobiec, US journalist, was detained over there. Excuse me, can I ask you why you're detaining this journalist?
1: Can you put the phone away, please?
2: Uh, Can I ask you why you're detaining this journalist?
1: I don't answer your question. Is
2: it uh, not we're not able to report here? Please
1: put the phone
2: away. away. Okay. Uh, Can I ask you guys why you're Can can you? Yeah, can you um, please stop filming, then we can talk. uh, Why do I need to stop filming? Because I ask you to. Can I ask why he's being detained? Then I won't point the camera at you. Then I won't film you. But I would like to know why this journalist is being detained on public property. We're not,
3: We're what? What's detained? Uh, can you explain How the come word?
2: he's being surrounded right now? Is he uh-huh. allowed to leave the area?
3: We're we're just um, making a normal police control uh, because you know it's wet. Everything is, <laughs> is there very sensitive. Is reason sensible?
2: he specifically was targeted?
3: Uh, there is a reason because we, we have to have a reason to, 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 uh, so control a, a what person. what
2: was the reason? What was he doing?
3: I don't have to tell you that. Why, why are you asking me that?
2: Uh, because this is, uh, you know, he's, uh, there's many journalists here and I want to yeah, know why know. he specifically is being detained.
3: There, there is a reason, but, uh, everything is clear now and, um, we're about to leave in just a few seconds. Thank you. Okay.
2: All right, guys, so Jack Posobiec is currently being detained, and I'm being told by the Swiss officials here that uh, I'm not allowed to record and that I need to delete the footage that I just got. Uh, however, I asked for the, the specific law pertaining to that, and uh, nobody can tell me. She said she doesn't have a phone, which is why she can't tell me the law, but I have a phone, but nobody can tell me the specifics. So, uh, interesting what's happening here. All right, Jack, so you said that you've been sitting here for about an hour, you're surrounded by uh, what looks like Swiss police officers? What's going on?
5: Some of the badges actually said World Economic Forum police. They um, said they're here for Davos for the WeF. So they came by once a couple hours ago, asked for our passports. We gave them. Happy to you know hand it over. Didn't see anybody else being you know asked that question. But you know have nothing to hide, so they said sure. Here's our passports. Uh, then. Didn't say anything for about an hour. Then they came by again, uh, as we were just sort of sitting here. Then they came by, detained us with semi-automatic weapons. Did they give um, you a
2: reason why they detained you? No
5: reason whatsoever. Actually, there was another guy here with a beard who pointed his gun at me repeatedly while I was standing here. Um, I was trying to film him. He made me turn it off. He made he made a point of pointing his gun at me as much as he possibly could while standing here. Um, you know, didn't seem to have any problem with that whatsoever. Um, just pointing his gun at a journalist who was sitting on the side of the road. Have you
2: seen any other journalists yeah. stopped and searched?
5: As far as I can tell, we're the only ones who have been targeted, even though we've done nothing wrong. We've been completely compliant the entire time we were here. Uh, after, after that point, my entire team was taken behind these tables and frisked. Um, they were So they were stripped of all their belongings. They were frisked head to toe. I was frisked head to toe, detained. And just to Um, reiterate
2: as well, this is a public area anybody can film.
5: It's a a restaurant, (laughs) you know, it's just like a supermarket here, restaurant slash supermarket. Um, So I was frisked, um, you know, checked everything. Guy stuck his hand in the front of my pants, stuck his hand in the back of my pants.
2: So as soon as I get over there, I start filming. And the police and the woman with them say, hey, can you please stop filming? There's a law in Switzerland that says you can't film us. And I said, no, I'm not going to stop filming. Why are you detaining him? I don't stop asking the questions because I want to know why a journalist, when there's press all over this entire event, why it is Jack Posobiec, that was stopped and detained. So uh, again, pretty much immediately with me being there, the police left. Uh, They were in two separate vans, they walked away, but Basobic saying that they detained him for upwards of an hour until another reporter came and tried to expose what the WEF is doing to the independent journalists on the ground. And, guys, please remember to go to wefreports.com for more reporting like this. There are very few independent journalists on the ground here. The majority are wef approved journalists who are only reporting on and talking to the people that they are allowed to. So, to continue independent reporting on events such as these, go to wefreports.com. I've been so blessed that Rebel News brought me out to this event. Please support us. I'm here with five other journalists, and we're going out and recovering as much as possible. So, go check it out. Another thing that I want to point out about this. Swiss police as well as yesterday, they weren't out in such force. Again, it's opening day, so of course we would imagine more forces out, but they have big guns that they're holding, and um, they've been standing at street corners. Some of them are friendly with journalists, some of them not so much. A little bit of an idea of what it's like on the scene here at the World Economic Forum for an independent journalist.
1: I'm so happy we've got people down there, because they'd just be getting away with this bullying that the normal and this is the, the new normal like this normal police control you stop and frisk like oh uh, this is a well-known journalist like in a very yeah. well-known journalist they know they can't pretend they don't know they, who it is and
0: they yeah. know who he is i think yeah. it, uh, maybe um Efron or Olivia. They, yeah they yes. they have sort of put jack on a blacklist at the world economic forum months yeah. ago so they knew exactly who they were targeting
1: yeah well, and it, I, I understand to some extent, like there's there's cases where if there's like some unknown journalist or an unknown party they've got bags and bags of gear there's a bunch of world leaders around like you can kind of see some circumstances where they might be like hey who are you what are you doing with all this equipment yeah but this is this is a known entity um the 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 he's incredibly well known to these people they know who they are there's no way that they can say this is just normal police control also if in your mind and this is certainly what the world economic forum would like if your version of normal police control is stopping and frisking Journalists who are daring to ask a few questions um, that that paints the picture uh, that that a million words couldn't. Um, that's so shocking and troubling, and this is definitely a, an indicator of the direction they would love to have their world police those with their little ram badges um, policing yeah. thought all across the world. Um, there is some incredible stuff going on. I want to get into some of the uh, Avi action that we got on the streets. Before we get into that, if you don't mind, I'd like to just take a look at some of the actual content of the World Economic Forum. (laughs) Uh, Again, uh, first off, let's look at this. uh, I want to look first at this Dr. Tedros clip and this this if you want to learn more about this uh, you can do so at no um this is a yep. new campaign that we have the the who the these uh, weF agents they very much want to implement this new structure where everyone wants to, wants to or rather has to be subservient to their response mechanisms which would mean some oligarch politician out in uh, europe, or wherever they may be, would implement the policies. So if you thought that, I mean, right now probably Canada has it about as bad as anywhere as far as some of these mandates, but they would be completely unified and they want all countries signing on this homogenized uh, sort of treaty response plan for pandemics moving forward. Of course, you very likely know that Canada already had a response mechanism in place. Justin Trudeau actually got rid of it. I think it was too. Months or, or no longer than that. It was within it was when two, within two years of the onset of COVID nineteen. Justin Trudeau like disabled our entire response mechanism, so we had these things. We got rid of it. Things went bad, and now they want us to hand everything over uh, to them. So we, I think, we should have that clip of Doctor Tedros uh, talking about this uh, this response mechanism they're trying to set up.
6: The said priority is protecting health by strengthening the global architecture for health emergency preparedness, response and resilience. In response to the request from the executive board and in consultation with member states, the Secretariat has prepared a proposal for a more equitable, inclusive and coherent global architecture. This proposal synthesizes and builds on more than 300 recommendations from the various review of the global response to the pandemic. The International Accord, which member states are now negotiating, will provide a vital overarching legal framework under which we make 10 recommendations in three key areas. First, we need governance that's coherent, inclusive, and accountable. Second, we need stronger systems and tools to prevent, detect, and respond rapidly to health emergencies. Mm-hmm. And third, yeah. we need adequate and efficient financing domestically and internationally. Underpinning uh, these proposals, wow. we need a stronger and sustainably financed WHO at the center of the global health security architecture. So I hope we stand yeah. together on this. Health is a right, a fundamental human right. And thank you so much, and look forward to working with you. Thank you for your confidence and, and, and support. Merci beaucoup.
0: I heard uh, that he needs money, more laws, and surveillance. That's yeah. Overarching uh, the, the structure three things. legal and
1: accountability and more surveillance and more funding. Listen, like... Eh. This is not for anyone who's trying to make excuses for this or imply that there's anything conspiratorial here. You can just listen to what these people are saying now. He's not saying we need to get some top medical professionals to create a framework that can be passed along as a recommendation on how to best respond. That would be kind of a sane thing for a sort of health organization to do. He didn't say any of those sane, sensible things. What he said is we need a a, a sort of accountable and overbearing sort of legal system, uh, a metric of accountability and surveillance. And like the language he's using has nothing to do. It's always, well, in the name of healthcare, we need more funding. We need to be centralized. We need everyone to be signed off on this. We need these countries to be held accountable. Uh, It's just, it's wild to see. And then if that didn't make the point well enough, just to talk about how much this has to do, because what, what there has to do with health recommendations or helping people or giving back or or providing, I, I could even see, you could make an argument for, oh, well, if there was sort of a unified framework that we all countries work together and those would intersect better and we could prevent future pandemics. He didn't say any of those things though, but I do want to jump to this, this line, this most profitable products line. I don't know if you've seen this clip yet, but it's absolutely shocking. No. When all they talk about is more money and more funding, everyone watch Sheila's face as she reacts to this clip. Um, let's let's run this most profitable products clip from the World Economic Forum directly.
3: The the rise in billionaires has been you know unprecedented during the pandemic, and there's been several sectors where that has been mostly concentrated, and one is in fact the pharma sector because COVID has been one of the most um, profitable products. So that's um, uh, one point to discuss, and our report out today is called Profiting from Pain. How those delays in in making this technology available and um, really having people vaccinated early has contributed to that. But has also, as we said earlier, it's not only the direct health um, impacts, but it's the economic, social, um, impacts on all parts of the population, and in reality, an increase in inequality, reversing the trend of the last few years where, you know, inequality had reduced between rich countries and poor countries. Unfortunately, now it has widened, and and the, the statistic we're saying is every 30 hours, um, a new billionaire was minted during the pandemic, and in every the same rate, in 2022, a million people are falling into extreme poverty.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Profiting this is for pain. I think
1: our new report.
0: Our new report, our new sterilized report. Um, the thing is, they can't complain that they're profiting, that these people are profiting from pain because it is the policies born in the World Economic Forum that are making the profiting from pain possible. So they can't have it both ways. But I see this as. The elites are looking at this like this is a more like a pandemic is a more efficient wealth and power transfer to them than the old climate adage of climate change. change. This is the yeah. new thing. This is why you're well, like, oh, monkeypox. I see. You, Here we are.
1: You take the Republican like war hawks of the past, neocon yeah. warmongers who make a ton of money off that. The new version of that is left wing pandemic mong- mongers. Like yeah. very often, they, what they're doing is they're they're tapping into a situation. There are grains of truth. Um, there are broader considera- considerations, geopolitical considerations, whatever they may be, or there are medical considerations. And, and they're fear pandering, fear mongering, and then they're yeah. pandering to sort of responsive masses, and then they're selling their products and minting billionaires. the The fact she, that she said this unapologetically indicates just oh, how wow. much they only they only care about the people who fly a private jet there and then get in their Maybach and then get to this venue. And then they go off to their private islands afterwards. Like they're like, Oh, well, at least I can do this stuff and not be deemed a hypocrite based on the climate change stuff. This is the new climate change. Uh, Wow. Like, like our new report profiting from pain. And then even like the double speak there, she's like, yeah, we sold, people were making so much money in the pharma sector. um, But if only more people would have, bought it we could have stopped the pain like and she's like that's the reason that we're it's wild like they're like just give us money we're gonna put a bit of a sugar-coated layer of of sensibility on this but
0: i know and then it wasn't enough it wasn't enough for them to be minting billionaires all over the place Because of lockdowns and scaring the daylights out of people and then cloaking the solution in patriotism, much like the war hawks, right? Oh, you're helping your neighbor, you're helping your country by getting this vaccine. Um, Very much the same way as, oh, if you support the war effort, you're a good patriot. Um, But they say it's so matter of fact, as though everybody already knows this. And we do. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting for them to say the quiet stuff out loud. And yet... They still insist on wringing just that little bit more out of people, just making one or two more billionaires through vaccine mandates.
1: Well, and then the other wild thing is here, they're like, oh, for the first time in a long time, we're actually seeing the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Well, it's almost as though you shut down the economies of all the poor people or the middle class people. Take their jobs away. (laughs) Yeah, fire them, crippled economies, like destroyed so many countries that are in these countries that were trying to climb up. And I understand, I understand to an extent, but lots of these countries depend entirely on tourism and you shut that down absolutely entirely. So your policies and your activism very much contributed to that narrowing gap. And it also contributed to the extremely wealthy becoming even more extremely wealthy. Listen, I mean, Bill Gates left Microsoft and got right into this right before this new wave of activism kicked off, that isn't a coincidence. If you think that that's just a happy coincidence that he happened to transition over right when this was all happening, If you believe that, I mean, it's, and it could be, I'm I'm not saying it's a coincidence in that he's behind all of it and orchestrating it necessarily, but he was aware that this was a direction that the world was heading. I mean, he tapped into that and he rode the wave, or maybe he directed it, who knows? Um, we, We don't know that information, but it's been very apparent to people who want to make a lot of money and people who are connected in these WEF circles that this has been the place that we're going to make money moving forward wild yep. stuff just to, to one of the most that the fact that Jason calls covid one of the most profitable products
0: products that's a weird way to talk about a virus isn't it and there wasn't
1: even like a, a stumble or no. a miss it was no
0: just an accurate yeah. description of whatever she thought was happening oh boy we're dancing that's, pretty
1: close to youtube well we're we're saying what they said though we're just that's this right. is on a million youtube channels it's official world economic forum so she now, said it not us
0: that's right now yeah. i i'm putting the team on the spot but the reason i want to talk about this is because it is the last thing that i watched before i came on air it is avi Amini running into mark carney in that's my next point
1: yeah it's ready is it great <laughs> yeah, i oh was yeah. gonna say literally my of- next point
0: Thinking of fear porn peddlers, there's Mark Carney, a uh, former head of the Bank of Canada. Then he went to be the uh, head of the Bank of England. Now he's the special envoy for climate change at the United Nations. And he obviously took a private jet to the private airport in Davos and then likely took a helicopter from there to a private helipad because that's how you commute in Davos if you're an elite. Um, our team discovered that by going to the airport um, and he ran into True North's Andrew Lawton with a great question about oil and gas. How will the Canadian, because Mark Carney's a Canadian, by the way, how will the Canadian oil and gas sector survive the net zero garbage you guys are promoting here while you fly in on private jets? And then uh, Avi started asking him questions and he he shoves Avi's microphone away, bats it away and then flees. Um, and for me, I see this and I think, oh, look at how unused to seeing skeptical journalists these people are. No. Skeptical journalists have invaded their space, safe space of Davos finally this year, and they have no idea how to react. They think they can just roam the streets of Davos and nobody's ever going to question them. Well, sorry, not this year. Um, anyways, we should roll that clip. And then I'm sure, Adam, you've got lots to say.
4: I do lots of uh, media. Friendly media. No, I do. Li- no, God, no. the ones that are here invited. Look, I'm doing ones no. Are... I'm doing no media at right, Can we sit down and I'll make a time with you and uh, answer some actual tough questions? You can. You can make a request for a meeting, and so you uh, can deny it. I never do. Uh, <laughs> I understand.
1: My one question is: Does the Canadian oil and gas sector survive the net zero approach?
4: never do if you want, if you want an interview with me uh, like everybody else you make a request and we can have an it And will you okay. accept that like everybody else if I can put it in okay how do you how do you justify the how does the UN climate envoy justify the massive carbon footprint here today to set this up this fake city for a, a week event how did you how did you get here did you fly? You, you walked yeah. Did you come on a private jet? Of course not. No. So how do you justify this? Look at all of this for one week event. The carbon footprint is huge. Do you think that's a bit hypocritical? Oh, drop it. No. Drop it. Look, there is uh, lots of progress being made. But look, I'm not doing a stand-up interview. Okay? It's... Why not? You're I walking that we're... way, anyways. I think people around the world you know this year they say regaining trust I that's do, the whole purpose. I do lots of uh, media, friendly media. No, I do no god no. the ones that are here invited. No, I'm doing the ones no, that, I'm doing no media this uh, Can we sit down and I will make a time with you and uh, answer some actual tough questions? You can, you can make a request for a meeting and So uh, you can deny it. Uh, look, as I say, with everyone as with everyone else you can do the same thing as with the uh, the guy from True North. Yeah. Oh, you. He's, he's a good guy, but I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm sure you're a good guy as well. All <laughs> people are good. I'm, it's absolutely right. But uh, but the whole world is looking at this now, going, "You're a pack of hypocrites, and you're the you're at the top of the chain." There, how do? You, what would you answer, people? Just give me one answer to the people. Take care, sir.
0: You know, wow. My I leave that saying. Mark Carney is very smug. Where he just says, "Drop it!" Like when somebody calls him out on his hip- hypocrisy um, and his advoca- advocate advocacy for job-killing policies. That, like, yeah. Avi's out there asking questions about my husband's job. That's what Avi is yeah. doing. Um, and Mark Carney, when you call him out and say, "Well, you know, what you you're mad about Sheila's SUV and her husband's job in the oil patch, but you flew here in a private jet and in a fake city," and all he says is, "Drop it." drop it. Like he doesn't even have to answer to his hypocrisy. He he never thought he would ever be confronted on it in real life.
1: Well, and I think it's, it's so shocking. Like the amount of times I'm very sort of like fair and level-headed and I ask people questions. And to be perfectly honest, if I was to interview someone, say from the NDP and ask them a question, I wouldn't ask them a question that was a trap. I'd ask them a Fair and tough question, like I asked conservatives. And if they had a better answer for it, they'd be willing to sit down with me and have that conversation and they'd win a bunch of our viewers over as voters. The problem is with most of these people, is they know their ideas aren't substantial. Um, they aren't willing to say, like, oh, well, there's certain costs involved. The reason we're coming together to do this summit is because like the net sort of carbon output, because of the policies, like there's no like there's no there's no capacity to defend the position. I, yeah. I could defend it better than they can, to be honest. But they don't want to actually answer tough questions. I think we need to return to a sort of an era of accountability, where whether it be world leaders, whether it be politicians whether it be uh media people for corporations whatever it is they're actually like forced to be accountable and answer questions to critical media this whole notion of certain media outlets, and I get like if a media outlet is is overtly espousing a hateful position sure. or has incredibly problematic journalistic practices I'm describing the CBC right now but if, if you're <laughs> one of, I'm joking, but if you're one of these outlets that, that is completely irresponsible in your journalism one not that one comes to mind but I I could see being like oh well this one outlet is excluded but everyone else is but uh, generally uh, barring a hateful or illegal position um, these people should be held accountable by journalists journalists shouldn't be held accountable and screened by them you need a plurality of voices asking questions you need a plurality of critical opinions posing those challenges and even whether it be conservative politicians or progressive politicians or right- wing or left- wing it doesn't matter they should be willing to answer questions from absolutely everybody i think the last time we really saw this to a full extent and then people will be shocked by this but donald trump would take questions from everybody for an extended yeah. period of time hostile or friendly we don't see that with justin trudeau we don't see that with putin we don't see it as much with biden anymore that the sort of era of these elites being held accountable at the very Least by some hard-nosed journalists who are willing to have boots on the ground, that era is going away. And it's because of people like Avi, because of people like Savannah, and because of some of our team, uh, Andrew Lawton, uh, Western Standard, some of these other independent journalists who are doing the work. But the sort of mainstream legacy media have failed in their duty so categorically to hold these people to account, to ask questions. And that's why they've gotten as far as they have. Uh, if it wasn't for Kian's uh, expose, exposing the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum as well. Uh, lot. Blood- Lots of people wouldn't know just what's going on here. And these legacy media who receive millions of dollars, they're paid very often through our tax money. Their job is ultimately to hold these people accountable and bring us important information so we can make decisions. They've failed in that responsibility categorically. I'm so happy. Uh, wefreports.com, we've got this incredible team on the ground. Uh, cheers to Avi and to the rest of the team there for doing yep. this because, yeah, Andrew, to I'm, everybody, it's incredible.
0: I'm exhausted just trying to keep up to them. Like I'm yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm not a person who gets tired or requires a lot of sleep, yeah. but I am exhausted just trying to keep up to the amount of work that they are doing to hold the elites to account on behalf of the people. And it, did you notice there with Carney? If you just answered the question, he spent yeah. like two and a half times more dodging the question than just answering yeah. the question. And then complaining yeah. that he doesn't have time. Like everybody can see right through you. You don't know a good answer to the question because you don't have one because just like COVID with climate change, they don't follow the rules they want the rest of us to live by. They never do. And
1: just from an optics perspective, If you answer one or two questions, I always run into a few very influential people there and they just say no and shake their head and whatever. They're there sort of on business for political purposes. I doubt any of these costs are coming out of their own pocket. They're there as representatives for various organizations, companies, whatever it may be. You can easily answer one or two questions and then at that point say, okay, I'm not taking anything else right now. You can schedule an appointment. It's the unwillingness. To answer any questions whatsoever, um, to yep. to engage in real conversations. And some of it is like, How did you get here? Oh, I walked, like you, you walked. Did you take a private jet? Obviously not. Yeah. Oh yeah, you walked the whole sure. way. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I bet. Yeah.
0: Well, because they have to give these ridiculously stupid replies because they know yeah. the truth is just nothing but hypocrisy.
1: Well, is it was it, I can't remember, was it Stephen Gilboa who was like, he drove somewhere and then unloaded his bike. I can't, I think it was, or maybe, and then yeah. biked the last like five yeah, minutes yeah. to show up on a bike.
0: Chris, you Freeland. I yeah. don't know why one day I was inspired. I thought Sheila, you don't have enough work to do. Let's do a little more. And so I took her flight records. Cause I, re- I was looking at her limo expenses because she was prattling yeah. on about how he- she bikes everywhere. So I was looking at her limo expenses. I'm like, why are there these outrageous kilometers on limos and so i thought why is she sending a limo from ottawa to montreal is she in the limo the whole time no she was taking a flight to montreal and sending her personal limo from ottawa to pick her up these are the people who tell us they ride their bikes to work
1: yeah yeah 100 percent. it's Wild. Wow. Okay, that's there's so much stuff. Make sure you go to wefreports.com. Also go to that no pandemic treaty.com campaign. Yeah. Sign off on that because that is very much We're already hearing about some of these upcoming things and they are going to try and rush that stuff through to have these sort of globally regimented world government policies in place that everyone is adhering to. Justin Trudeau will probably be the first person to sign on to that. He was already and we were running tight on time here, but he's already prattling on about Canada paying Moderna and that leading to other countries getting vaccines like he is going to be the first person on top of this. So sign off on that immediately. That's at nopandemictreaty.com. Efron's been doing some incredible work on that campaign as well. Um, I do want to get into a little bit here because we've only got 15 minutes left here. This Trudeau reaction in Kamloops. This, I am so happy to see literally other than the same, like few people that they'll roll out to speak sort of on behalf of Justin Trudeau. even some of those indigenous leaders though, that they roll out thinking they're going to be favorable. They end up saying, well, we invited him and he decided to go surfing (laughs) instead. Um, This man is so hated in indigenous communities because they know he's so fake. I think the only people that buy his his pro-Indigenous position, which isn't a pro-Indigenous position, it's a facade, are people who are literally paid to be part of his pro-Indigenous facade, whether that be Indigenous community or otherwise. Yeah,
0: but or... haven't you seen his tattoo, his First Nations yeah. tattoo? You
1: know. um,
0: that means he's he really gets them.
1: Yeah, that's that's his blackface for the indigenous community. I think just, that's in this cultural appropriation. Um, it's wild. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this re- and this is the first time I know. I know uh, at, at another event, indigenous protesters sort of blocked him. Um, and then I think it was David Aiken or someone was saying that they were like asking for autographs and cheering him on. They were blocking his bus and protesting him. It's absolutely wild. This guy has gained himself no uh, fans within indigenous communities. When I've been out, we needed to repair the church.com uh, campaign and replace the church. on When we talk to people, when we went out uh, for the fires to Siksika, we go into these nations and these people are not fans of Justin Trudeau no. uh, because they know they know nothing has gotten better for them. Their, their lives haven't ameliorated. Um, there hasn't been more uh, resources coming in in a me- meaningful way they haven't ended these long-term boil water advisories in uh in significant fashion um, but he keeps campaigning as though he's a champion <laughs> for these people i know he is a glaring hypocrite and they know it let's jump to this latest reaction Um, this is he finally managed to get out of kamloops for more than a photo op um and uh this was the welcome the warm welcome he received from the local indigenous community <laughs> Look at that media! Like yeah. no, there's there's almost no people. There's like one one young woman there who kind of reacts like, "Oh, whoa!" But it's literally just media and security fawning over this guy.
0: That's it. it. it
1: yeah. The other people are like, what's this guy doing in our town? <laughs> yeah. And how much wild. of this
0: is going to show up as Justin Trudeau is overwhelmingly heckled, not just heckled met with a mob trying to run him out of town. Yeah. How much of that is going to be reported accurately in the mainstream media? We yep. know from the last federal election campaign that when indigenous protesters blocked Justin Trudeau's bus for like 45 minutes, And the journalists were on the bus that was being inconvenienced with the delay. They didn't report any of it. Mocha was there with the protesters talking to them and getting coverage of it and saying, Global News, David Aiken, you're in the bus. Maybe you want to say something about this, but they never did.
1: Well, they, the only thing they literally did say, and I think I think it was David Aiken tweeted it, was like yeah. they wanted to meet him. Like they twisted oh, yeah. it and lied into this. Yeah, like, it was
0: the fan club. Oh, it was yeah, yeah fan club fan of Indigenous
1: people are are here to. No, no, they were protesting. Um, I don't I don't even know what to say about this anymore. There's solutions out there. They can provide clean drinking water. This is an aside, but uh, the Pope is coming uh, in July, I believe it is he's doing this visit and a big emphasis is on indigenous communities i don't care if it's the government i don't care if it's the catholic church frankly at some point i'm just going to do it but <laughs> yeah the, we need to find a solution that isn't just talking about indigenous issues like stop everything stop talking about everything else stop the virtue signaling stop the campaigns just get them water like everything else. Absolutely. I don't, I don't, the Pope can come and travel the country and talk to all these people and have synods and all this stuff. Stop. Just take some resources, get these communities drinking water. Justin Trudeau, stop visiting, don't get on a plane, sit down in Ottawa until there's a concrete five-year plan to end all of this. We're in Canada, this is reportedly a civilized country, we report- reportedly have the capacity to get water to everyone except these communities. Uh, let's 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 finish the job and get this done because um, no politician, as long as this continues, I don't care if it's the next leader of the Conservatives, um, this has to be a central thing because Canada having people without access to clean drinking water not having access to water they can even have a bath in is is unbelievable
0: well and could we maybe just stop justin trudeau and maybe engage with the successful indigenous communities that have pulled themselves out of poverty and say what did you do how do we help other communities replicate what you have been able to do here and reach across politics uh The Enoch Cree First Nation, the chief there, Billy Moran, he's conservative. He endorsed uh, uh, Pierre Polyev. But he's young, highly popular, Mm business-oriented. He's poaching businesses from other indigenous communities. He's stealing business from the city of Edmonton because he realized they have higher taxes than us. Let's, Let's lower the property tax rate and get some head offices just outside of the Edmonton city limits. Justin Trudeau does not reach out to these bold, young indigenous leaders with new ideas and say, you've done something incredible here. How do we help other communities do this? And how do we make it easier for other communities to do this? Because one of the things that Chief Morin says is, we have to constantly butt up against, he calls them the gatekeepers in Ottawa. Why do they have to do any of that? Streamline the process. Get these roadblocks to uh, economic development out of the way, and let's let indigenous communities thrive. But Justin Trudeau does none of that. He just says, "Uh, we'll help you. Just vote for me. When? When? And most of them don't want a handout. They just want the government to get out of the way, like everybody else
1: and it's like so many government agencies if they resolve the problem they can no longer campaign on it the amount of yeah. people making these six figure salaries just and they they're they're the worst they they don't care that like kids skin is burning in the bath because of some uh, carcinogenic Reaction because they yeah. have a twenty-year-old system that doesn't work anymore. They don't care about that. They just want to preserve their annual salary and keep these problems going when solutions exist. These companies that get ten percent off a contract um, want to do a forty million-dollar twenty-year job instead of a three-year two-point-five million-dollar fix that would get water to these communities. Um, I talked to Jocelyn Bergerick of uh, Sundance Construction, I believe it is, um, and and she talked at length about these gatekeepers and about how when when indigenous voices are brought to the table, she being Métis, um, she was brought to the table and they very much wanted her to be the quiet Indian at the table. And this is their language with the Indian, yeah. act. I'm not speaking out of turn here, but they wanted her to just be quiet and have a token on the table. The second you have indigenous voices that say, no, no, I'm actually a smart, intelligent person. I know what my community needs. What you're saying is wrong. This is how we have to do it. They get shown the door. They get booted out. Justin Trudeau wants to be the white savior for all his talk of, of sort of submitting. He wants to be that. He wants these communities dependent on him. He doesn't want to give them the agency to fix their own problems, because then he doesn't get to campaign on that. He doesn't get to show off his tattoo and do the tours. Uh, yeah. but, but these indigenous communities are becoming more and more aware of it. And this is the thing, whether it be the extreme extremities of the World Economic Forum, whether it be the absurdity of Justin Trudeau, whatever it is, the, the, the most profitable product ever, um, the, the, these people don't have a measure of sensibility. Um, it's like, the, the I know people say, it's a fallacy, but it's not. They're on this perpetual slippery slope. And I think we talked about this last week or the week before, but conservatives will, will go up to a certain point and we're okay with other people doing their own thing as long as they don't tread on ours. But we don't think everyone else has to, No, not everyone else has to become a practicing Roman Catholic who believes exactly right. what you and I believe. We, we think that people should be entitled to make their own choices. These people don't. They want everyone homogenized and merged into what they think is right. And that's why eventually come a certain point, whether it's indigenous communities, whether it's people waking up to what's going on at the World Economic Forum, uh, they're getting so extreme, they're becoming more and more emboldened. And I think ultimately it is going to become their undoing. And I think hopefully with a new uh, government moving forward federally with some more agency for provincial levels, hopefully these indigenous communities will be granted more autonomy. Hopefully countries will be granted more autonomy. Hopefully everything that these people are doing, Trudeau World Economic Forum, overreaching, overstepping backfires and it helps people wake up to it um kudos again to uh kian on the ground we've got our team there but kian here uh the exceptional uh, expose the reset.com i think you can find it there documentary yeah. doing very well if you want to get sort yeah. of a 101 on what's happening i think it's 26 30 minutes something like that yeah breaks it it's down it's like an episode yeah it's, yeah
0: it's so, chilling and and he's going through all the resets like the industrial reset uh, like because it's not just they say it's a great reset, but because the elites like Klaus Schwab have a roadmap for how they want to do this, it's the climate reset. There's each one, and uh, Kean and Lewis Brackpool, our UK reporter, they're going through these, each one at a time. The first of their docuseries is out at exposethereset.com. And the really crazy part in all of this is that Ian and Lewis don't read a lot of their own opinions into any of this. They just show you what yeah. the leaders at the World Economic Forum are saying about the things they want to do to you, not with you. Yeah. Um, and, they just, and it's out there. Now, yeah. you can't trust the mainstream media to talk about it. NBC is sponsoring events at the World Economic Forum right now. Uh, yeah. I think Abby ran into someone from, I think it was the New York Times who's not there reporting but participating in the world economic forum so you can't trust the mainstream media they're not going to show you the things that all these people are saying it's out there it's all over the place the clips are out there so they didn't bother to read a bunch of their own opinions into it although i think we all know how kian and lewis feel about this sort of stuff they just show you what they're saying about you
1: yeah well and this is the thing for people out there who might be on the fence about this you, we can argue about the extent of the influence or how successful the World Economic Forum is, but any sort of denial of how they're trying to interfere with foreign governments, how they're, they're bringing people in. Like, Klaus Schwab directly confesses to this stuff, talks about having yeah. activism in cities, talks about infiltrating cabinets.
0: Infiltrating like, cabinets, This yeah. is
1: a very small, and it's so funny for all the talk of... Uh, Uh, interference in foreign elections or whatever you may talk about, this organization is overtly doing that. They're not hiding it. Um, They're active agents doing this stuff. And it's a very small and very wealthy percentage of the population uh, influencing governments and, and countries on an extremely broad and disproportionate scale to such an extent that it devalues our votes because they're taking their opinions and their actions so seriously and it's influencing so heavily if you rig the card where all the options are people that you've brought in it yep. seriously undermines democracy and with klaus schwab's own admissions in some countries they're not far from that um i think he talks about having like 50 percent of cabinets infiltrated yeah. or something it's absolutely shocking stuff and they all they they said what they were going to do they're now doing it it's all there to be seen so it's absolutely Uh, Absolutely wild. And I mean, for someone who thinks that this is a conspiracy, it isn't anymore. It hasn't been for some time.
0: Check out the people who are calling you a conspiracy theorist when you allege that maybe the World Economic Forum shouldn't have so much influence. They're usually people who are uh, now or in the past involved With the world economic forum spoke at some of their events attended their events in a non-skeptical way um Mm. just be careful of who's making these allegations against you i mean nbc is a great example of this cnbc tons of articles saying oh it's nothing but a bunch of conspiracy theorists uh in davos criticizing the world economic forum and then you look and it's like yeah but you you guys are sponsoring events here why didn't you divulge that conflict of interest um gotta dig down um but I do agree with you. And I know we're rapidly running out of time. Uh, generally speaking, my day is just a catastrophe. Um, yeah. But, but uh, I agree with you. And I was talking to Kean before, because he is the guest on the gun show this week to talk about um, his trucker documentary at truckerdocumentary.com about the Coots border blockade, but also about his documentary series with Lewis exposing the World Economic Forum. And he said, you know, like you, that he thinks the elites have overstepped their hand. And I tend to agree with them too uh, because no great tyranny has ever lasted. The human desire to be free and to achieve their potential, their literal God-given potential, it is stronger than any control that any authoritarian using any means in the history of the face of the earth has been able to overcome. Yeah.
1: 100%. 100%. Speaking of Kian's work trucker documentary for people who wanted to come out and see it this week, obviously our premiere completely sold out. It's going to be such a good night this week, Thursday, I'm excited. looking so forward to it. What if someone wants to see the documentary though? What do they do if it's sold out?
0: Well, the good news is uh, that we have a second screening.
1: That's Isn't right.
0: that great? We have that's a second awesome. screening. You can get your tickets again at truckerdocumentary.com. Um, through popular demand on wednesday let me just check my book here i think it's Wednesday. yeah wednesday june 1st um at the same place uh whose name escapes me now oh canyon, canyon meadows, meadows and from what I understand, these are really great people. They care about free speech. They don't care about the politics of the um, movies that they show, which is exactly how you want your theater to be. Um, And they stand for free speech. They won't be bullied. They are cancel culture resilient, which is great. But uh, June 1st, that's Wednesday. Come and see us all again um, for truckerdocumentary.com.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I'm so happy that that got a screening. You know, Battle of Alberta's going on, all this stuff, and people still realize just how important this was so much behind the scene footage there stuff even if you're watching like like we mocha was down there i was down there obviously Kean and sid were embedded all this behind yep. the scenes stuff the entire sort of story um there's other there's there people have there's been a series of sort of documentaries and films and stuff made about this but no one had that level of sort of engagement no one was trusted like that no one was no one was embedded, embedded. yeah yeah, and yeah you, nobody we were embedded
0: so, all over the place you were in milk yeah. river when the The town swelled from a little over 800 to about 15,000 people. You guys were in Milk River. Uh, Kian and Sid for, uh, I think it was nine days and then nearly two weeks, sleeping in offices, sleeping in the car over at Coots, eating with the truckers, being on the inside of the police negotiations, uh, seeing the things that you didn't see anywhere else. I thought I had seen all the footage that we had collected on uh, the border blockade at Coots. And yet I still saw new stuff in the documentary. So it doesn't matter how closely you followed us, you're going to see something new.
1: I'm so happy that we are, whether it's the Trucker Rebellion, whether it's the World Economic Forum, uh, again, just to have independent journalists on the ground telling these stories. Um, The other outlets show up when uh, when they're like, okay, here we're going to do a media availability. Here's where you're allowed to ask questions. Here's the questions you are and aren't allowed to ask. We're asking them. Uh, no matter what and we're getting where we need to be boots on the ground old school real journalism it's uh something to be part of certainly so happy to be there yeah. should we get to some of these chats
0: yes okay let's go to sister two five bucks the guns you see in switzerland will be the guns in canada if trudeau gets his way they're already there we our yeah. police force is not any more yeah. or less armed than the police <laughs> force in switzerland the world economic forum has no business in canada also mr trudeau spare us your presence Yeah, I remember that. uh, I forget her name. The European MEP said that. Sister, too, gives us a buck. Tedros holds his position thanks to the CCP. Yes, that that heavily influenced by the communist government in China, recommending him to the UN. I don't know if they recommended him, but he sure is willing to go along with a lot of everything that they want. Uh, He is not a medical doctor. He will be an enforcer. He's already an enforcer. And Becca yeah. Henderson gives us a buck. Research this. The same people who want to abolish salaries make $1 million salaries. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Wilkow always says this on his SiriusXM radio show on Patreon, that socialism is not for the socialist, uh, but it's for everybody else. They will never live by this. We saw this with COVID. We see it with climate change, Mark Carney. Um, it's, it's something they want you to suffer through. Um, it's yeah. like... Kits of uh, socialized healthcare. Do you think that they are waiting three years for a knee surgery? No. Do you think that they're definitely not? No. They're flying they're to Hawaii for getting private a healthcare. For- yeah, yeah. They're flying yeah. to Hawaii, sitting by the pool while they convalesce after their private knee surgery. While yeah. you have to wait for three years to maybe get a knee surgery for the next pandemic to cancel your surgery on you.
1: Hey, it's a sacrifice they're willing to make for the greater good. We can. It's it's Mary, they're all Mary Antoinette at this point.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um the rest of that chat goes on to say um that uh also Michael Knowles had a great idea on Twitter and he says, in the interest of public health, I'm calling on an immediate, complete and indefinite lockdown of Davos, Switzerland. You know what? <laughs> what did the good people of Davos Switzerland do to deserve being trapped with all those elites? going forward. Let's not punish them with that. It was like, excuse me, those people at the beginning of COVID who had just started dating and maybe had just moved in together and they decided to quarantine together. And so much of that didn't work out. Don't do that to the people of Davos. (laughs) Fraser McBurney gives us five bucks. When I first traveled to Switzerland in the 70s as a Canadian, I was shocked to see police with automatic rifles all over the place. Having traveled to many countries in Europe, this was not the norm. I did see it in Germany when I was there. And I did see yeah. it in Poland, um, but I was mad about it in Poland. I feel like they're they're actually defending themselves from bad guys as opposed to pesky journalists. Um, are right. are those all the tweets, you guys, or tweets, chats? Are those the chats, you guys? Okay, that's it, Adam. We wrapped up at four minutes past the show. Thank you so much adam for uh taking the organizational lead on the show today uh i uh was doing things like literally right up to 30 seconds before we went live uh thank you to olivia and to efron for putting the show together thank you to everybody behind the scenes in the office um who work really hard to make sure that the show is available for all of our beloved viewers and the hate watchers to watch us um by the way Thank you to everybody who watches us or hate watches us. I don't care either way. Um, (laughs) Thank you to everybody who chips in a little bit to keep the lights on here at Rebel News. You know, we couldn't do any of this without you. So I think that's it. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for bearing with me as I struggle to stumble through the show today. And as David Menzies always says, stay sane.
4: What you'll notice as well is the attendees have badges around their necks with different colors to show their hierarchy or status among the WEF. For example, the orange uh, badge represents accredited media. So of course, media that have been invited to report on it. Obviously, I don't have a badge. I've got a Rebel News one. So I'm not accredited media because they don't like people like us reporting on this. And next we have the big one, formerly known as Facebook, Meta. We've obviously, Mark Zuckerberg has made many contributions over the years to the WEF and many foundations that are linked in with the WEF. So let's keep walking.